Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin, and today I am joined by... Jake, Chris, and Ames. And here we are. Here we are. Episode 55. Woo! We're going to talk about the sixth and final original series motion picture. Damn. The Undiscovered Country. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, Wow. I know. I would just like to start by saying that I was totally wrong that this episode, that this film is not shit. It is in fact awesome. And uh, what were you, what, what did you, what made you think it was shit? I don't know. I just couldn't remember anything about it, so I figured it must not be good. In the undiscovered country, uh, the Federation and the Klingons are becoming good friends. Aww. They're trying to do some peace talks and make friends like in front of all of the other admirals and big time captains and whoever the fuck else showed up to this weird meeting Spock announces that he has volunteered Captain Kirk and the crew of the Enterprise to go and touch dicks and shake hands and make nice with the the Klingons. Kirk is like but you know how I feel about the Klingons and everybody's like oh yeah how do you feel about the Klingons again? And none of us remember because none of us give a shit that David's dead and none of us believe that Kirk gives a shit that David is dead but Kirk has decided he will never trust Klingons because David has been killed by Klingons. So he's probably the last person in the galaxy who should be going to do this. Aside from his fucking crew who also turn out to be super fucking racist for no reason. Well and basically everyone in the meeting Except for Spock, was like, oh, huh. The Enterprise tools on out to the middle of space. The Klingons are there. They meet up. They have a nice dinner. There's some Romulan ale. David Warner is a really awesome, uh, nice uh, chancellor. And uh, he's really lovely. I don't know what his name was. Ames, you got a name for him? Gorkon. 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 With Chancellor Gorkin. Gorkin? Gherkin? Gorkon. Gorkon. <laughs> Chancellor Gherkin! <laughs> they're in, co- they're in quite a pickle here in the Undiscovered <laughs> Country. And so, anyway, so. Oh, I'm... Chancellor Gherkin. Why is it? It's so always the weirdest thing. Funny. The weirdest <laughs> things, like, set you off. <laughs> it's usually bees. <laughs> He does love bees. Why do you love bees? Well, he also, so well, also hating bees. Can I do my thing? Sorry, yes. With with the Chancellor. With Chancellor Gorkin is his daughter and some other Klingons, and among them is General, definitely not a villain, Chang. <laughs> uh, he could have twirled that mustache though. That's true. Who, for some reason, definitely feels like a throwback to like Yellow Peril Klingons, big time. I don't think I'm the only one that thinks that. At least I hope I'm not the only one that thinks that. Seemed a little racist to me, the way he was done up. Though apparently Plummer himself was the one who demanded they not give him any hair. I've I heard. read that, yeah. Um, like a he, had, he, had, he had a tiny ponytail in the back. Yeah. What's going on? gross. I like it. Like, it was like if, if Dr. Lazarus had a ponytail, it would be like that. <laughs> we also uh, meet Valeris, who is a... She's cunt. A, a cunt. Uh, also a Vulcan. I actually don't know who Kim Cattrall is. Oh, she's, she's in the, the she's Sex in the, the Sex City. in the City. I've never really seen it. She looks totes different. Well, that's good, because she... Anyway, she appears to sort of be Spock's, like, spiritual successor. He, you know, has a lot of faith in her. They're obviously in each other's confidences. And 
she is one of the people that is most helpful in the investigation of what happens next, which is that after a lovely dinner with lots of ramen and ale and lots of discomfort and lots of people being like, oh, look at how the Klingons eat, what a bunch of barbarians, hot damn, what the fuck. Two torpedoes are fired at the Klingon ship. And two space-suited people go on board and blow away half the crew, including Chancellor Gorkin, we hardly knew ye. I liked him. Kirk orders the surrender of the ship. He and Bones beam aboard, and Bones tries his best to save uh, the Chancellor, but it is too late in his dying words, like, don't let it die with me, or whatever the fuck he said. Don't let it end like this. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Don't let it end like this. I knew I was wrong, but... It's, it was really good and poignant and nice. We weren't going to do shot-by-shot retellings of the film. I'm just trying to get through it. So anyway, uh, there's a big, long, stupid fucking trial. General Chang finds them guilty of doing the thing. They get sent down to a prison planet where they're befriended by Iman, pre-marrying David Bowie, and she helps them to escape, but it turns out to be a double cross. Dun-dun-dun. <gasps> but thankfully, they're able to get back on board the Enterprise because Spock slapped some kind of Valyrian steel chip on his back or something. Wrong series. I don't know what the fuck it was, but anyway, basically a homing beacon. So as soon as they were on the surface of prison planet, they were detected. Spock, you know, rushes over to save them. And that's awesome. Now, however, you know, shit's gone fucking pear-shaped because of, uh, you know, the attempted, the assassination and all this bad business that's happened between the Klingons and the Enterprise, so now they're having another meeting to discuss peace, the the Federation president is gonna speak, and they discover that Valeris, who is obviously also fucking not really a great person, is definitely not a great person and part of a plot to not let the Cold War end, so there's an assassination plot that has been planned, our heroes rush to the secret meeting place where this conference is going to happen. They are able to stop the assassination of the Federation president. They are able to catch the baddies who what done the bad plotting. And uh, they lives. blow up the prototype bird of prey they can firewall cloaked. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. With Sulu's help. Yes. Yeah, yeah Sulu was great in this. And then they Fire apart then. And they all live happily ever after, but not really because this is the last movie, so they try to induce us to tears with a really sad sign-off and signatures from the cast oh, and the I credits. Oh, I love that touch. And I was crying. Oh. And anyway, but yeah, it was a good movie. Apply ice to this Cold War metaphor. <laughs> ice from Rurapente. Oh, wow. Yeah, this this one was always my, my personal top original series movie. Yeah, of the six? Yeah. It's better also, than, it's better also... than two and three? Two and two and four? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think positive. I always like. I always had a soft spot for this one. It's also the first one that I can remember seeing in the theater. I don't think I remember seeing it. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I distinctly remember seeing the trailers when I was really small. Because mm. I remember the trailer involved that, like that big crane or helicopter shot of the uh, frozen wilderness of Rurapente, and I just remember that being in there. Which was well, as- it couldn't have been actually, that little, because this was, what, 91, I think, right? Yes. So you were in 6 or 7, probably? Probably, but considering I can barely remember yesterday, the uh, fact that I can remember something from when I was 6 is quite an accomplishment. I mean, we also relatively recently wa- we watched the trailer for it. That's true. But yeah, I do remember going to see this in the theater when I was little. Because at this point, like this was like the... You would the, have been a little little then. Yeah, it would have been like... Five, they allow those in a theaters? Five or six. Yeah. Yeah, for some uh, reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was. Could you, I, could you sit then, fucking I mean, still? Yo, yeah. for Star Trek, I bet yeah, you did. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
Um, what was this film rated? This would have been PG. PG, PG, or PG. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they hit PG thirteen until uh, first contact. I think they specifically made the Klingon blood that ugly, ugly purple bullshit, um, <clears throat> so that they wouldn't, you know, have the red yeah. blood, and that would probably kicked it up higher to. Well, a that's probably rating. the reason, but also it looked really bad. It looked really bad, and this is the only, as far as I know, this is the only time Klingon blood is pink, Pepto Bismol pink. I feel like every other time... I mean, I know every other time we see Klingon blood in future f- TV series, it's just red <laughs> blood. It's just regular blood, colored blood. Hmm. Can we chalk it up to uh, they were in zero gravity and therefore it had an effect on the structure of the blood? It, did, it, it didn't uh, oxidize or something? Yeah, like I don't know. Some kind of bullshit? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I think... All right, if we want to have an in-universe explanation... And also an in-universe explanation for why the Klingon heads are weird in this film compared mm-hmm. to other films and series. All the films, they're weird. Well, they're yeah. a different weird every, we'll, every so time. So here's my in-universe explanation that I've invented. I, I don't know if this is legit or I'm, I'm just... I am just making it up. But for all I know, this is the, the excuse that the nerds have come up with as well. You know, as separate from... That's the, <laughs> the nerds, not like you, who have put a lot of thought yeah. into this theory that you're about to give so us. So my theory is this. That all of the Klingons in this film as well as Klingons in the other f- films so like Krug and Krug and the other one the guy and the crazy Mark kid Lennon. guy that you know flies around and blows up pioneer probe that they are all augment Klingons that are affected by the augment virus that have been surgically altered to give themselves head ridges so they could feel more Klingon like because you know looking like humans is stupid. I um, still don't know what augment Klingons are. So when did we learn this? This is Enterprise. an Enterprise thing. Oh. It's, but it basically it's, it is the stupidest retcon in the history of retcons. There's a lot of stupid retcons. You hate yeah. the chase. So. I hate the chase and I also hate this because spoilers for Enterprise basically what they say is that Klingons always had head ridges. Mm-hmm. They always looked like the Klingons we see all the time. And that Data's great, 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 great grandfather, who's also played by Brent Spiner, um, is a geneticist and sells some basically serum to the Klingons that makes that's supposed to make them super soldiers. He basically sells them con juice. <laughs> oh, so they'll also be brought back to life. Right. Um, so he sells the Klingon some con juice, but because it's made from human, ju- you know, human uh, genes, because Khan was a human, and you know, so all of his research was human based. Because it's human, it makes those Klingons augmented with human DNA and makes their heads smooth out. And that is why in the original series the Klingons don't have head ridges. Is because that's still that genetic. Had been passed down through the generations. But we see like Koloth and Kor and folk as mm-hmm. when they're older and their head ridges are back. Yes. So this is confusing. So that goes to my theory. And has nothing to do with undiscovered. That goes country. to my theory that the Klingons in this film are also smooth head Klingons that have had decorative oh, is it wearing off. Or? Decorative. Well, just decorative, decorative. like plastic surgery. Plastic they surgery. Plastic surgery to put their ridges to make, back on. But you know that's why they don't quite look natural like mm. they just look like they've been bolted on kind of like how fake tits look nothing like real tits exactly so these are these are fake nothing ridges. against fake tits um, i don't know what you got fake tits would you like me to i don't know how to answer that question they're real and they're fantastic <laughs> that's a, I a thought, seinfeld reference no i understood okay 
I, I thought you were going to make a joke about uh, Chang's eye patch being bolted on quite That literally. is bolted on. Riveted on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? That's the just badass. to prove what a badass he is. Yeah. And Ames pointed out that on the rivets, there's a little Klingon insignia. No so. shit, is there? Yeah, really, really tiny. Wow. I think yeah, the funny. costumer or somebody, as just just for fun, drew, drew it on. Huh. And it wasn't really even meant to be seen, but you can see it in a couple close-ups. So there are some... There's some missed opportunities, I feel, with this film. As much as I love this film, and I do, they made some choices that I disagree with. Like killing off David Warner in the first act? No, I'm fine with that because, you know, that was a good choice narratively because you have someone who's played by a known actor, a good actor, and they're killed off early in the film. That's unexpected. Like, you don't expect that character to go as early as That's you That's fair. Yeah. It's like if you, it's like casting Sean Bean in something today. <laughs> and letting him live. And letting him live. Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> unexpected. But no, so here's some choices that I wish they had taken, that they didn't, right. that I look at as missed opportunities. Choice the first, General Chang. I like David Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer, sorry. See, I, I like him so much I don't even know his first name. <laughs> I like him in that character. I like the character for the most part. A little cartoony with the Shakespeare. I was oh my so God, fucking so sick of it. Way too much. Yeah, I'm, a little over the top. In one the, or two. Yeah, in one the or first. Two. In the first thirty minutes of the film, I wrote in my notes, "Stop quoting Shakespeare," so that by the end of the film, I really wrote, "Really, really stop quoting yeah. Shakespeare." It's <laughs> he quoted, way too much. He quoted more Shakespeare in his like fucking twelve minutes of screen time than anyone else had quoted in the entire series leading up to that point. Fucking put together. He's what? quoted Shakespeare more than most actors have to quote Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> but here is so here is my solution to both a Shakespeare problem and also makes the character more interesting and more of a foil for Kirk. He quotes David Mamet instead. A lot of swearing. First R-rated track. No. Fuck Mamet, um, He's an asshole. True. Wow. Sorry if you're listening, Mamet. No, um, don't. No. He yeah, knows no, he's not. an asshole. No, I don't like to call people assholes. He keeps fucking, like, taking, like, <laughs> no, royalties or some shit. You prefer to make fun of their faces. <laughs> Have you seen what David Mamet looks like, though? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, go on. Face got caught in mechanic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, um, so anyway, no. Here's, here's General Chang. Don't have General Chang. Replace that character with General Kor. Yay! Mm-hmm. General Then he Kor. knows Kirk. He knows Kirk. He has a history with Kirk. And they're adversaries. Like, you could do, like, Koloth. You could do Kang He as loves well. Koloth. You know, but, but that's buddies. the thing. They're buddies. You can't, you can't use Koloth because they had sort of a joking adversarial yeah. really. But Kang or and Kor? Kang, well, thing, and then Kang also, like, at the end with, you know, oh, the big laughy party. Yeah, Kor would be yeah, the best. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't he the one that, like, they wound up working together to, to defeat yeah. the, yeah. the yeah, pinwheels? Was, yeah, Day of the Dove. Um, yeah, Didn't, no. Didn't we have this discussion last week? Wasn't this also how we fixed five? We replaced yeah. random teenage Klingon with one of the... Yeah, but, I, but for, with him, I would have gone with Koloth for that. Oh, okay. So that would have been Koloth, but here you could have Kang. Okay. Uh, I mean, sorry, Kor. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I would have replaced... Kor would have been good yeah. here. I would have replaced Claw with Kang. Because I still think Koloth is too happy for a Klingon. To, to be a villain. Oh, yeah. yeah, but then okay. but then the jaunt in five would have just been like, we're gonna go pay a visit to Captain Kirk. Ma! Actually, like, no, Koloth, been more... 
could have been the guy on Nimbus Three. The general. That was what. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I thought you. Oh, meant, I thought you meant the teenager. The teenager. Oh no no no. That was leave the too. teenager. No, the guy Koloff on Nimbus Three. On Nimbus oh, Three. Yeah. Is Koloff, who's washed up and fat would, and old. Which would have made sense because I feel like the Klingons him. wouldn't like him after a while because he's just too. He's just chipper. too happy go lucky. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Sorry. But yeah. So in this film, we have Core. And that way you have a relationship between him and Kirk and you have and you can have that moment where it's like we're face to face but we're no longer adversaries until they realize, oh wait, no, we are still adversaries because Kor's a giant dickhead. Who's that actually who's the muscle in Trouble with Tribbles who starts shit on the Enterprise? Because that guy would have been a good choice too. Uh, the guy the the little Weasley guy? No, no, not Darwin. Though I will say... The one say, who started the fight in, in yeah, the bar? Yeah. Oh, I forget his I don't name. Know if he, does he get I him? don't think he's got a name. I think he's just... Oh. Should be hauled away as garbage. It would have been good to have maybe him, too. He would have been good, because he's a he shit been He could have been the guy that loses an arm. That's true. Hmm. But um, yeah, you know, I felt like the Romulan ambassador in this looked a lot like Darvin from Tribbles. Mm. Did anybody else get that, or am I just cuckoo nuts? They're having a much thinner face. Um, all right, so that's the first missed opportunity I see. Okay. Second missed opportunity. Why are we introducing a new Vulcan first, you know, a new Vulcan officer when oh, we could yeah. have just had... Savic. Savic. They meant for it to be Savic originally. Well, they fucked and up by a lot not of having... People, no, a lot of people were pissed off. Uh, Roddenberry specifically, I know, was pissed off. That, it, what, that they that wanted they, to That they Savick. wanted it to be Savic. Firstly, Kirstie was too expensive. And repl- and having a third, because they weren't even considering Robin Curtis. Well, anymore. because she couldn't carry Having a role. third person play Savic would have been absurd. But yeah. also because like I think people were uncomfortable with uh, that character development for Savic. Because, you know, she was, like, she was like the hope for the future. But it makes the betrayal so much better. Because in this movie, we're basically told spock tells us yo you're such you're you're such you are the hope for the future yeah. you're the next generation and then they drink of, from that awesome cup and we drink and we share a drink i want that cup and like we're told how virtuous and wonderful she is and then but her but she's clearly sketchy throughout like yes. you know but if it was savic we already have good feelings about savic yeah, and who her the betrayal fuck would play her burn, well, they'd have to just pony up for Kirstie Alley. They would have had to get Kirstie Alley. She was in Cheers at that point. She was fucking pricey. 90, yeah, I guess Cheers was still on, probably. But it was close to end. And uh, especially because she and Spock have known each other biblically, it just seems like it would be even harsher. Did you have any other missed opportunities? No, those are the two big ones mm. that I feel like could have could have benefited the movie. But I still think it's a great movie. So. Yeah, no, they're good it's, points, though. Especially Savic. I actually would have really liked that. And, and, and as we can see, that was also what they were originally thinking. So it's mm. not too weird. And yeah, then fuck, uh, fuck Roddenberry for not agreeing with that because he's wrong. Yeah, should they just been like, go, go. Would you have wanted Robin Curtis again, though? No. Would no, you have paid, paid really... up for Kirstie Alley? Yes, I think they should have paid for Kirstie Alley. I think, if they, I think, I think was... if they got the actor that played Core instead of Christopher Plummer, they could have saved some money mm. and then used that extra money to get... Yeah, I know the money. Point. Money is always a fucking issue. I know, like uh, Nicholas Meyer kept getting. They kept cutting at the budget, and he was getting really angry until they tried to cancel it. Until like I guess management at Paramount changed, and then they came back again, and mm-hmm. they said, "Oh yeah, you got your extra two million dollars. That's fine." I mean, they, this is another film also where they used a lot of TNG sets. Yeah, true. They uh, did a better job of disguising them in this one than they did in Five, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, you have the. The, the mess hall where they have the dinner is the conference room from TNG. Yep. President's the, office is 10 forward. Right, which is not very well disguised. 
they put up some curtains over the windows and that's it. And there's obviously a lot of hallways, the transporter room. Engineering, which we don't really get a good view of, yeah. is, is obviously... Yeah. And the quarters, Kirk's quarters, it looks like a rearrangement of TNG quarters because the, the replicator's the same. Mm. Yeah, I'll say, I don't know if this is my favorite one, but it's definitely like... I, it's always back and forth between this and two for me. Mm. Like, they both definitely come before four. Four is a close third, but it's definitely third. Oh, I'm four all the way. I don't know. But we open, though, with Praxis kerploding. Mm-hmm. And Sulu having a cup of tea. Yeah. Good for Sulu. that cup of tea breaking. Do you notice how the whole ship is rattling and, like, there's clearly something wrong, but nobody freaks out until his, his yeah. cup breaks? Why do they keep having ceramics in a fucking starship? They did the, they had a, the, the fucking gla, like, like glass of milk or whatever the fuck Riley was drinking once, mm. and that breaks. It's like, mm. guys, you guys and are constantly getting thrust about by things. Make them out of aluminum, uh, what the fuck? Um, transparent aluminum. Transparent aluminum, that's mm-hmm. it, thank you. This will even carry over into uh, the Kelvin timeline. Because oh, they're fucking idiots. In Star Trek Beyond, uh, during the opening little montage there, Scotty's drinking out of some very nice china. They're idiots. I feel like the people in the ISS know better than this, and they've been in space for only a couple of years, like yeah. Yeah, way less than these guys should have figured it when out. When you're on now. a five-year mission, though, it's probably kind of nice to have a piece of like home instead of just having. Yeah, that you can be... break and then feel bad about later. You don't have to feel well, bad about it. Just like, replicate a new one. Well, it's a shit. Most of the time, starships not from aren't home. like. It's <laughs> just. just I mean, they use they use glass and porcelain on yeah. cruise ships. You know? Yeah, why do they do that? Because most of the time it's fine. It's only yeah. when something really bad happens. But bad things happen to starships all the time. Well, the, the, Would you bring a, well, a nice tea set on a tank? <laughs> but the starship <laughs> isn't a tank. The starship is supposed to be... It's a nice yeah, you don't live in a tank. I do kind of wonder if in the real Navy they do have, like, a supply of nice plates for sort of formal occasions. They keep very well padded in boxes. <laughs> For course, when they're not being they, used. I mean, of course they do. I'm sure. They certainly, do. For, I'm sure for their main people, they just use like metal and plastic and shit that don't break when it falls. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't. The I captains don't, probably always eat I'm from nice plates. Yeah. I do like the new bridge of the Excelsior better than the old bridge. Much better. It actually looks like a bridge and not something they threw together in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Rand is there again. She is looking She's cross-eyed as fuck. Yeah, she was not great. I I made a comment saying, "Rand, you got to stick to barista ink because this does not seem like your line Oof. of work." Yeah, the, the Excelsior Bridge looks good. Phaser the Enterprise, up a cup of coffee. The Enterprise Bridge is uh, significantly more darkly lit than it has been in the previous films. Well, this it's might a darker be my, movie. This might be my favorite bridge set for the uh, for the original for the yeah. Constitution class. I'd have to see side by side shots because I don't remember any shit about this. Um, this one was, I mean, it was dark. It definitely had a more military. Yeah, feel to it. I did like that for the standing stations. There was like padding along mm. the bottom of the wall. Like if people fell, they'd have something soft to fall into. Oh, that's funny. My so here's here's something that I thought was clearly a choice that was very important to somebody on this on the staff of this film. That I think did a did not add anything, and b must have driven the editor crazy. Mm-hmm. Is all of the fucking clocks. I have There's always so said, many clocks on the bridge. Whoever had to keep track of continuity of those clocks, bless them, because it usually seems like it's pretty good. I think yeah, there might have been a couple times where it jumped, mm. and maybe one time where it jumped back. Right, but, but overall, but like, what was what? What did we gain 
by being able to always tell the time. No idea. Can I be real? I didn't even notice there were any fucking clocks on I the bridge. Either. Oh yeah, the oh, shitloads. It's, it's like so three. distracting to me. There's one there's right, right over right the viewer. The, is yep. it Earth Two time, Vulcan time, Romulan time? No, they're yeah. just like it's just it's just the time. Hmm. So no matter where you're looking, there's the time, and it's you not just it's not computer. just like our minute; it's our minute second. Oh, so, that's harder. Yeah. yeah, there's so many clocks. It's and gotta it, be better than the turbo lift from last week with uh with going up and seeing the same bu- not turbo lift that going up the fucking turbo uh, shaft. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when you see the same floor go by twice or three times. I think doesn't the Excelsior also have a bunch of clocks on its bridge? Probably. I don't know. Probably like, the same. Whoever set, was in still. charge of of building the set or whoever is cruel. Somebody wanted clocks like very badly. It, like it, because it was there well, was we, no the, reason. This film was, like, about the passage of time and, like, handing off and planning for the future. I feel like 2 was more about the passage of time. I'm kidding anyway. Yeah. I was totally like, kidding anyway. I mean, I get that it was probably, like, to add some tension, except we were never told, it's never stated that, you know, anything's happening at a specific time. They have the dinner, dinner at 1730. 1730. That's yep. right. That's true. They no, they beam 19, over. It was 1930 anyway. Oh, yeah. I it was yeah. They beam over at 1930. There's a brief tour. We don't know exactly when dinner is. Thought you might like we a tour. Ends, we know it ends at midnight because well, yes, the, the chimes. chimes. It ends at midnight, midnight because someone turns back into a pumpkin? No, the chimes. There were chimes when they were beaming off. And so, so that we could say another fucking Shakespeare quote? Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you nine times, um, Chang. And now here's the thing. So the title of the movie comes from something that Gorkhan says at dinner. Mm-hmm. Where he ref- where he says the undiscovered country, and then he clarifies to m- say that he means the future. But mm. maybe I read it. Maybe in the Klingon edition of Hamlet, the undiscovered ta- uh, undiscovered country means the future. But in the original original, you gotta read it in the original Klingon, English Jake. translation of Hamlet, the undiscovered country means the afterlife. Yeah, yep. death. Like that's what they're. That's what he's talking about. Is. Uh, for in that sleep of death, what dreams may come, you know? Uh, well, that's what he's talking about. Uh, death is in all of our futures. I True. feel like Kling- Klingon's perception of death is probably very different from human's perception Gorkon of death. But for Gorkon to specifically reference, like, oh, it's going to be such a bright future between, you know, but for our peoples when we become friends, you know, it's, it's scary because it's the undiscovered country. But really what he's saying is we're all going to fucking die. Look, look, Gorkon was poli-sci. He didn't pay a lot of attention in his literature classes. Chang did, and believe me, was sitting there at dinner, biting his lip, being <laughs> like, he didn't, he didn't I, understand ooh, it. I am going to kill you so hard. The fact that other fucking races always have all this information on human culture is weird to me. Like, I know fucking Valeris, being an idiot, out of nowhere is like, oh, 400 years ago, in rebellion against machines, people threw their shoes or sabot into the, into the workings of the, ma- of the machinery. Sabotage. Also, by the way, apocryphal, so... Mm. Thanks, Valeris, you dum-dum. Yeah, she's kind of an idiot. Why does she bring that up if she's the one that did it? She's in the uncomfortable position of being a mole where you have to somehow... Like, that's the, like a lot of what Valeris does does seem weird, except you do have to consider she has to appear competent to the people she's not really working for but pretending to. Mm-hmm. That's one of the hardest things about being a traitor. Well, the yeah. other thing about... Valeris is she believes she is doing the right thing. True. Like she does not she does not feel that she's betraying them. She feels like she is saving them from themselves. Yeah, and if there've gotta be some you know, gotta gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet. Mm-hmm. And if those eggs happen to be Kirk and McCoy, well so be it. Yes. Don't you dare hurt McCoy. 
He looked so upset when he was on trial. He's like, I tried to save him. I was desperate you to save him. You were incompetent. Although. You were incompetent. I love when he says the thing about, oh, excited from a touch of arthritis, and then someone laughs, and he like looks up like, eh? <laughs> 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 uh, tough crowd. Be uh, sure to tip your waitress. He might be one of the only people to ever get a laugh out of a Klingon with a goofy <laughs> joke like that. I mean, that that's a fucking accomplishment, yeah. frankly. I felt like it was a stupid way to phrase the question anyway. Like, what's your medical status? I also wondered if he was asking him, like, if he was in good health. He kind of was, It was kind of twofold. He was trying to get McCoy to admit to being... Incompetent? Incompetent. <laughs> because of the drink? Or rather, he was, I think he was trying to get McCoy... To say he wasn't incompetent, so that he could therefore prove that he, he could was. Th- th- he could trap him into saying, "Well, you've been drinking. I must have yeah. been." He was either incompetent or intentionally negligent in letting Gorkon die. Well, yeah, but then his his plan in a way then was foiled because he's like, "I didn't know his fucking anatomy. That doesn't make him incompetent. He still did everything he could, and it worked a little bit." Yeah, but I mean that was a show trial anyway. Yeah, There's no way they were getting out of well, there. Well, that's true. I'm gonna say, as someone who hates fucking trial scenes. This trial, the look of it was really good. Like the blue lighting and all the camera angles they picked. Mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't noticed like choices in framing oh. before this movie. This movie was done way differently. This it felt was nice. much more like it was a like movie. Arty. It was really it was, nice. Because yeah, like when you consider the frame of your camera as your canvas, I feel like that that's mm. more progressive in terms of you know what we're used to seeing today in terms of you know taking risks with what you're showing yeah you feel like they do the waterboarding in the same room though like when there's Ooh. no trial you feel like they just do the torture in there as well they, they just unleash the feel that, that dog with the with the fang mouth yeah and also like cage fighting i feel like they do a lot of cage fighting in there like looks, i don't yeah, it looks like a coliseum let yeah. that on chronos that's called marriage counseling <laughs> <laughs> i did like the um the judge with the flint gavel that was sparking. Oh, the, like, uh, mm. like big sphere thing. Yeah. Was that supposed to be a gauntlet, or you think he's supposed to have a fake hand? I've I don't know. Yeah, it. I couldn't. I don't know. I mean, he was clearly like some ancient dude. That yeah, was, no, he was old as fuck. So he might have had a metal hand attached was he to a, a globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Klingon High Court. Why were they? Te- why were they tried in Klingon court and not like? Normal court. They assassinated the Klingon chancellor. They were arrested by the Klingons. What, are you going to let the Romulans try that when the Romulans hate the Klingons? Aren't you supposed to have, like, an, an unbiased, like, jury of your peers and shit? Not, not, not for Klingons. Klingons. Mm. Well, here's the thing. But that's an interesting point that you bring up because technically, according to Chang, they were arrested on Federation interstellar charges. Mm. So it should so have been they Federation were, they, Well, it should have been, like, a interstellar. It should have been, like, the Hague. They should have right. been, like... In, in in on Earth, Go you have neutral planet. You have, you know, the United States. You know, and there's U.S. law. And if you get arrested for committing a crime in, I don't know, Tibet, you'll be tried in Tibetan court. Even if you're an American, like you don't automatically get tried in your home country. You just get tried wherever you get arrested. But they specifically said that you were being arrested for violation of interstellar law. So on on Earth, we have international law which governs laws that are you know like generally it's like crimes against humanity like yeah. genocides and shit like that yeah you gotta you gotta pull some nasty shit to yeah. try to like basically is that, is that like the nuremberg trials the nuremberg trials are where it kind of started yeah so now so there's a, a specific court set up in the hague that is for international crimes like that so really, uh, yeah, so assassinating said, the ambassador to the Klingons, you'd think, would fall under that category. Well, I mean, I, I figure it would be a crime in 
Klingons to assassinate the Chancellor. Although we find out much later that when you assassinate the Chancellor, you just become the Chancellor, pretty much. I mean, what it comes down to is, and this even even does kind of come up, is just they wanted the Klingons to come to the table. And one of the concessions at the end of the day just seemed to be letting them have Kirk and McCoy. I think it was the only way that they were going to get the the peace talks to continue. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, legality aside, that's what it had to be. They had to they had to keep Azit Burr happy. That seems kind of shitty for them to be willing to just be like, yeah, you can have them. Welcome okay. to politics. People are used as uh, political uh, capital seems, all the time. It seems awfully cynical. I mean, I'm pretty cynical, but... I don't know. Was it just shitty? It was. It was a way to get McCoy into that awesome coat and make and make Klingons laugh. I mean, look like the greatest ever. What he was. I did love his reaction to making him laugh. <laughs> the, the needs of the many. Like the Federation is desperate not only for peace but to help save the Klingon people because Kronos is going to be dead in fifty years. Not sure how they fixed it. They've never said. Why can't they leave Kronos? They have ships. They can, but they need help. The Federation is desperate to do it, except that everybody who was involved in the conversation seemed to be like, fuck those horrible At savages. Starfleet. Oh, fair yeah. enough, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, though. As far as I can tell, there are only three people in the galaxy who actually wanted peace, and it's Spock, yeah. Gorkon, and Asbatur. Is that the president of the or Federation? Or whatever name was. I think the Asbatur was really Asbatur. into it oh, as that, much. Is that the Klingon? That was the, 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 daughter. Daughter. the daughter who became Chancellor. I think it wasn't so much she was into it as her father was, so she was going to carry on his... Yeah, she's yes. feel like so I duty. think the people who really wanted it were Gorkin, Spock, Sarek. Oh yeah, Sarek, of course. The and way maybe could. the Federation president? He seemed kind yeah, of... President, president Red Foreman? Yeah. <laughs> he was like... I was getting, aside from not being a horrible creature, human being, he kind of reminded me of Trump a little bit. He's got that really bad blonde hair and a really fucking orange face. What kind of race was he, was Federation president? I don't know, but we saw a a creature like him on four. four. He was on the... I was going to say, is that like 17 head from TMZ? See, I said the same thing when I heard about this. I was like, oh, is that five head? And Chris was like, nope, not five head. Five head didn't have the big hair and the funny facial hair. Mm. Well, maybe he just hadn't grown it out. But yeah, this is the first of several appearances of uh, of Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. Has different roles. Different I, roles. I assume his species is supposed to have trouble with bright light because he's got those funny little dark glasses. Mm. Maybe like, he's just hung over a lot. I, I like to tell myself they evolved from a race of moles. It didn't look like a mole. Like well, a evolved cat. from. Look like a kitty cat. All right, underground <laughs> kitty cats. Speaking of being hung over all the time. Scotty? Uh, Scotty. Oh. I feel like Scotty watered down the Romulan ale because it looked really fucking I said fucking the same pale. thing. And you know what I said? My explanation? Yeah? There's actually a real explanation, but my explanation was that Romulan ale is actually more like how wine used to be in Greece where you were supposed to do like one cup of Romulan ale or one part Romulan ale to like four parts water because hmm. that's how wine used to be like way back in the day. Was they wine were- that strong? I mean, apparently. Either yeah. that or they were just pussies. Yeah, back in the day, they made it very potent. Yeah, and they would add, like, f- three or four parts water to every part wine. So that, that was my... Oh, see, I had juice my... sometimes when I do something like that. Yeah. Get a little get a sangria going. I said Romulan ale from Concentrate when, we were, when they were drinking <laughs> it. Was, but what was the real explanation that didn't... Uh... Ner- nerds have since claimed that you can tell the vintage from the color. Uh, yeah, so the longer it's been distilling or whatever, or just fermenting. I'm just going to say it was Budweiser to Bud Light. This was like Ooh. light Romulan ale. Nah, nah, nah. It was actually the more Kool-Aid. refreshing Romulan ale. It was Kool Aid. 
Uh, we yeah. read. Oh yeah, yeah, in real life. Yeah, in IRL, it was it was Kool Aid. Yeah, and the Yum. food supposedly at that dinner scene was so gross that the actors had trouble keeping it down. Did they say it was like we read this as well? Didn't they say it was like chicken a la king? No, it was blue colored squid. I think there was something that was probably made to look like chicken a la king. Oh, but I, yeah. okay. I feel the, say. the story I read said Nicholas Meyer like promised twenty dollars anytime someone actually ate the stuff. Oh, that's right. And Will Shatner walked away with two hundred and forty dollars because he just. Kept asking for an extra twenty bucks. Nice, because he kept eating. Because he kept just... eating it. Wow. Good. I tried to watch the scene to see if anyone was actually eating it. I couldn't see him eating it, so maybe they didn't even make a cut. There was yeah. that one Klingon who was like going. Kind of Do dangling. you like Shakespeare? Good uh, job, Ahura. Way to be a racist. Tactful. Yikes. Yeah. Everyone was so fucking racist. Everybody was racist. That scene was so uncomfortable. They nailed that. That was brilliant. Well, but what I didn't like was after they left for dinner, when randomly this one guy just turns to the other, like, they all fucking look the same. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy was like, well, yeah, and they smell bad. Wait, those, you know are, the, those were the guys. Oh, those are the conspirators? Those oh, the, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Jake that's hilarious. Hilarious. Me too. I didn't catch that's that. That's why Valeris like, says, you boys have work to do like right after oh see i thought she was saying that because she was like stop being racist pieces of shit she was like no get ready to go assassinate them later that's That's what you're meant to think at the beginning i love it i didn't realize well yeah of course but i just didn't realize that that's great as had a good point in the in the dinner scene when they're talking about oh inalienable human rights and she says see how fucking racist you're being if you're calling it human rights to us klingons then you're being fucking assholes although my favorite bit in that whole dinner scene is um, all the Shakespeare? No. Well, no, so they're doing all the Shakespeare, and then and then uh, oh, Shank says, oh, we need breathing room. Because Earth, Hitler, 1941 or whatever. 38. 1938. Like, I was like, ooh. Ah. Oh, and Spock gives him such a, like, Oh, the look. Dude, How dare you not. say that about my Fuhrer? No, it's definitely like that. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's Spock de- was like, Spock was like, yes, exactly. Oh, wait. <laughs> it was definitely the perfect, like, Jim, do not fuck this up for me face. Yeah. Well, Spock, it's fucking Spock's fault. Like, he should have known better not to involve Kirk. Maybe he was trying to teach Kirk a lesson. But only Nixon could go to China. Yeah. Ancient Vulcan, Vulcan, Vulcan proverb there. Idiots. Did they say? Did they actually say it was an ancient Vulcan proverb? Well, I think he said it's an old does. saying. He says it's an old saying about on Nixon? Vulcan. What? No, it was. A, I think it was a joke. I think Spock was making. Spock a needs joke. to fucking work. It's not on his an jokes. old Vulcan saying. Spock doesn't know jokes. He's making a Nixon joke yeah. and crediting Vulcan. I don't know. Cinderella is an old Russian tale now, so yeah. that's still great. Uh, that's probably true. I don't think it's. I Russian. know it's German. I think. Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's German. German. But it's but I mean, like that is a characteristic of Chekhov, which is great. Which is I'm glad they left that in the character. And we're still. Questioning fucking Vulcans lying. A lie? Uh, no, it's not a lie. It I mean, they do it twice in this. They do an they do. error. They, in, uh, there's a lie? No, an error. And then a lie? No, a choice. So a you chose that, to lie. A fact that Valeris <laughs> is the traitor means that they can lie pretty fucking well. Yeah. Right. It's case fucking closed. Yeah. It's obviously, it's like Guys, the doctor lies for Vulcans like 10 years. lie. We know this. Yeah. So, like, because we're kind of in skirting the area anyway we do have to talk about the super uncomfortable oh, forced no. mind melt oh yeah. the brain rape that's what I called it also yeah. it was so uncomfortable <gasps> so like the thing is is like I knew he was gonna do it and I was like uh oh and then she struggled away and I was like I am super super uncomfortable right now but I like that they did show how uncomfortable it was for every like, yeah, the film like, definitely wasn't in favor of the like character. I know Kirk like, didn't seem that bothered. He's like, tell her to give me more information. Kirk wasn't bugged. Well, he wanted to know 
Well, what's okay? So here's a, actually what's stupid, and I'll, I'll admit this. Give it to me. That yes, assuming that she's the only source of the information for what they needed to know to save, literally save the president, the president, and the, and the peace talks, and the peace talks. Okay, you do what you have to do, which potentially means mind raping somebody to suck out their knowledge. Okay, it's uncomfortable. I don't know why we had to do it in the middle of the bridge and make everybody watch, and clearly Uhura and Scotty were not cool with it. But whatever. We do what we have to do. Except then, when it doesn't work, the very next thing, Spock's like, yeah, never never mind, we'll just call up the Excelsior, you know? Like, literally, they didn't need that information from her because it was... Kasuli. Yeah, and right why away. the fuck would she know the location of the peace talks? Like, I get, I get asking well, because well, her, like, her little the... friends were there, so they could have told her. When would they have told her? She's on the fucking Enterprise. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't know, like an interplanetary text message. I don't know. It's the yeah. future, for fuck's sake. No yeah. idea. I mean, like they got the names of the other conspirators, which is useful, yeah. but not. The most important thing right now is getting the location. But I thought that was kind of interesting, and I f- assume sort of on purpose is like they've crossed this line. And there was no reason to have crossed it. Yeah. You know, like, that's... It seemed to me a statement against that sort of thing. I assume the sort of... The seeming pointlessness of it was very much on purpose. Like, a, just to say, like, this kind of thing is dumb. Well, and also, it was sort of showing Spock's, like, human side. Because now Spock is, like, personally pissed off and yeah. personally yeah. betrayed. Oh, when and he he's... smacks the phaser out of her hand? I love that. Yeah. yeah. yeah that I, I expected her to slap her, slap her in the face. Mm. Well... He feels very personally betrayed by her. Well, but remember, at the beginning of the movie, he says to her, you know, I sponsored you through the Academy. I've watched your career. You are going to replace me. Spock could replace the Phantom you. of the Opera? Only it seems a little weird. Yeah. But, like, it's clear. Like, that's why, again, I, it makes sense that this that the part was originally intended to be Savic. Because yeah. Because that is basically the relationship. And Kurt, and then Spock right. would have the bo- the bonus of, like, oh, and we banged. How many creepy, like, Vulcan lady ingenues does he sponsor? Well, like... Apparently at least two. <laughs> Savic didn't work out. So let's try again. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's, like feels very personally connected to her. So her betrayal is, I think, really, really gets to him. Yeah, it so. stings. Yeah, very no, human yeah. of him to uh, human. use force. And then he's all mopey. Yeah, he's, he's, he's back in his, I just I just came back from the dead robes, which he apparently kept. His brooding mm. robes. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't just a Batman costume. <laughs> Kylo from Star Wars yeah. has some brooding like, robes. Kylo Ren. So what is it at this point in time that makes Starfleet so obsessed with gaseous anomalies? Yeah, because the Excelsior was doing gaseous anomalies. And, and so the was the Enterprise, yeah, apparently. Yeah, I, I wondered about... When I first watched the movie, I missed the, that detail and thought that they were just using McCoy's heartbeat monitor. Because <laughs> of course you would, because he always had his heartbeat monitor on him. Well, so here's um, here's a little fan theory. Mm. Okay. So we know that mm. the Excelsior was working out by Beta Quadrant, which... Yep. If I'm remembering my stellar cartography, is, uh, <laughs> is close to Romulan space. I think Check it is. Google Maps. Um, pretty sure Romulans are beta, beta quadrant. I'll look that up now. Um, so I'm going to say that, that the gaseous anomaly was actually a, a cover story that the equipment on the Enterprise, as well as what the Excelsior was doing, was testing uh, stuff to detect cloaked ships. No, maybe. So that's why they were out by Beta Quadrant. They were looking to detect some Romulans that were cloaked. Actually, both the Klingons and the Romulans have territory in the Beta Quadrant. There you go. And we both got cloaked. So I'm going to say that that this whole gaseous anomaly thing, bullshit, 
I mean, yes, it tracks did, gaseous anomalies, but the gaseous anomalies it was trying to track was exactly what they used. Do the for. captains know about this? Do you think? Possibly. I mean, they were clearly the parts for their machinery was obviously designed to fit in a torpedo casing. There we go. This this all goes back to my joke from I think the first or second episode of this show, where I said that uh, Christian Slater was secretly Section Thirty One. Mm-hmm. You were like, but what would he be doing there? That's what he was doing there. there. Full circle podcast canceled. Good night, everyone. I like that you have it memorized that you said this. I re-listened. I re-listened to it recently, Mm. but um, yeah, that's a pretty good explanation. Because I mean, I like this is the first time I really thought about it. That you know, the the Excelsior was apparently spending three years mapping gas anomalies, and the Enterprise has equipment for detecting. Like what? What? what, what? Hmm. Yeah, um, they're just they're just trying to find cloaked ships, and they find yeah. out that they're that just as the Klingons invent the cloak that you can fire while cloaked cloak. Yeah, they have Federation has perfected their cloak seeking torpedo, yeah. which yeah. they never use again. Nope. Like this seems like an awesome counter to the cloaking device. Well, I mean, keep in mind the Klingons don't even bother. Tr- I'm like, I know that was the prototype, but they apparently. Did that have all the research and the scientists well, that invented well, the cloak you okay, can fire well, let, with? Let's explain that away in universe and say that a one of the tenets of the Kittimer Treaty, Kittimer Treaty is that the is that the Klingons do not further pursue that technology. Well, it's not just that they're broke. Is not the whole point that they're like that was a thing. Yeah, they're they're spend, in the movie that they, they spend they so much on the military. Yeah, that, yeah. so yeah. like that's that could also be it. They just don't have money to keep doing Although, the research. You really think the uh, Romulans though would just go? Mm, no such tenant on us. <laughs> Although the Romulans, I'm pretty sure the Treaty of Algeron which is the treaty that prevents the Federation from developing cloaking technology. What series is that? I think it's referenced in D in TNG, mm. but it's in place at the it's the I think it's the treaty that ended the Romulan War that happened before the original series. Okay. That's referenced in Balance of Terror. Okay. But that so the treaty that ended that war, which was negotiated over voice communication, part of that prevented the Federation from Developing cloaking technology. Terrible idea. Mm. Yeah. Like everybody else does it. It's everybody else does it. And it's well, a huge ju- just, advantage. just the Romulans and Klingons. And the Dominion, do they have cloaks? Uh, no, but they... What's a Dominion? You'll get DS9. to it. Speaking of great cloaks, we they have River Penthe. Yeah, River we have Penthe, everyone's Penthe. wearing fucking furs. Lots of cloaks. Looking fucking great. Mm. Iman is Gorgeous. Yes, she is. Especially when she's like contacts. a giant monster man. That was my favorite. Yeah, same. What's what they are you did saying? A, they did a great job with the morph too, between giant monster and tiny girl. For yeah, the time, yeah, that looks really good. Holds up. How come when no matter what shape she is, her voice is always the same and her eyes are always yellow? Except when she's Kirk. Except when she's Kirk. I don't know. I feel. I feel like Kirk probably didn't want to have. Weird contacts in his face. I feel like when she was the giant monster thing and the little girl, she did the, the normal Iman voice so that Kirk and, and McCoy would know it was her. Yeah. Uh, and she was doing that on purpose. Yeah. Oh, so she's capable of shape-shifting. That's my assumption. Into, yeah. And changing her voice, but she does it to make them feel comfortable. Maybe or at least like a I'll buy that. Even their voices. She claims it takes a lot of energy to be in a different shape. I don't yeah. know how much I believe that. So that I mean, she she had a big old Kirk fight and was fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, but she probably has to like. I mean, you have to like realign all your molecules and shit. Mm. How how easy could that be? Uh-huh. Well, what's interesting though is that by the time we get to DS Nine, apparently, changelings 
shapeshifters are so rare that Odo is considered the only one. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, a, that's a change. I mean, she's a cameloid. Yeah, but it's the same difference, right? I mean, it's a thing that like maybe that changes you can, its form. Maybe you can. What like, about salt vampire? And also McCoy being confused that there was a shapeshifter is stupid because Nancy. Well, Nancy, uh, Garth of Izar, mm-hmm. yeah. the species that taught him how to shapeshift. Mm-hmm. The Vendorian from TAS. Well. Well, that's just further evidence that, they, that they no just way. wanted to bury the original series. But yeah, maybe something about that is just like maybe these ones can be told that they're fake more easily. Maybe. There's something I about it. I am bothered by the fact that they're called cameloids, which I assume is meant to be like a reference chameleon. to chameleons, yeah. when she's obviously not from Earth, and what is a chameleon and why? They do shit like that all the time. Look I at know, them. but today it bothers me. The Romulans. Hmm. All oh, right, Romulus and Remus, right? And their whole society is structured kind of like Rome. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but it's just this one bothered me for whatever reason. I was just really bothered by it. Yeah, repente. Fun the shots were actually aliens graveyard. Why did Chekhov have to say that? Because the audience didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious that it was a bad place. You don't want to go. And because Chekhov had very little to do otherwise. That's yeah, true. they didn't give him much to do. The poor Most bastard brought the galaxy. He, he did. He did. What he was doing. He did have to. He did take a line from Uhura because uh, she refused to say well, who uh, can blame her. Dinner. Who can blame her though? Yeah. You know. Mm. Because racism. Oh, Chekhov did have some of the best lines in this film. I thought, look who's coming to dinner was a good line, despite being a reference to a racist movie. And being cheesy as fuck. But I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fun line. I thought it was a fun joke. All right, it was a good, good delivery. It was a what good else? joke. It was a good Chekhov joke. And then, only the size of my head. That was, <laughs> that was good. good. <laughs> it was also yeah. good. That was good. Okay. Good job, Walter. But speaking oh. of Uhur, can we talk Uh-oh, about how her character got annihilated in this movie? Again, poor Nichelle. Can't Rohan. do her job. She's almost as she's bad as so Rand. She's so bad at her job. Oh, that's she, right. She can't even fake saying some simple phrases in Klingon without flipping through books. Without Literal comedy books. research yeah. And not like on punch deck. up on the computer, Google Translate this shit yeah, for yeah. me. If, if the implication is that, oh, the Klingons would know if we were using a translator device to talk with them, why can't they still use the translator device when they have it on mute, figure out what they're saying, figure out how to say it back, and then do that? Well, and like, I get that the Klingons would know if they were using a translator back to them, but the Klingons surely couldn't have told if they were using a translator to listen to them. Yeah. Also, they had translator devices. They look like giant fucking coconuts in the fucking court scene. Well, they had translators. They've had translators before that were just, we never see them. We don't know where they are. They're tiny. Suddenly this is the one time it's like, here's a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's implied that the universal translator works like a Babel fish. Yeah. That's always what I figured. But yeah. But then they say that universal translator was confiscated. Yeah. On Ruripente, which fair enough. Which makes, which makes sense that it was confiscated probably. So, okay. Speaking of confiscating shit. Okay. So Kirk and McCoy get their universal translators confiscated. They don't get their uniforms confiscated mm. with the fucking tracking device True. attached to yeah. it. Yeah, they well, would have put them in other yeah. uniforms. They just put a coat over what they were well, already why, wearing. Like, we, I'm pretty sure Cut when you costs. go to jail, they like strip you and delouse you and issue you a jail uniform. Nah, they're not going to bother with any of that shit. They, that just they, costs more money, just look probably. up your asshole with a flashlight, okay? Well, Klingons like louse, so... That's true. But I, I find it hard to believe that Lice. from the time... Like, because the thing that Spock put lapse. on Kirk's back, it's not... It was obvious. Like, yeah. there's you obviously one. a fucking thing I on s- Kirk's back. Yeah, I saw it once because I didn't realize that's what it was. And it just looked like, oh, they, they have a piece of Velcro there. And it looks like it's a mistake. But yeah. then you learn later, oh, that's what the thing but is. But it's not on McCoy's outfit. So the Klingons should have been like, what's that? Oh, it's sending out signals. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's probably fine. 
<laughs> Make sure you take their commu- take their translator though for no reason. Should have just given him a you know a necklace to track him. Yeah, should you know what they should have done? He should have put something up his butthole. There we go. Suppository. Oh, he put something up his butthole. All right. <laughs> yeah. Back to a horror though. And Chris, you made this point when we were talking about it. Why doesn't she just know how to speak Klingon? She's a right. fucking communications officer. You would think that. Like, and that's the enemy. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. We do a lot of a lot of interacting with the Klingons. I mean, the biggest problem with that scene, more than the stupidity with the translation and all this other stuff, is that the Klingons have a frontier scanning station that can tell when a ship is coming, but can't tell anything beyond that. Yeah, like, you a ship, think, but not whose it is. Even though later, Chang has a scanner that gives him little 3D images. You can't just tell they're Federation ships. You can see one is the Enterprise and one is the Excelsior. Yeah. Like, you think... Like, I get, like, maybe if you had, like, a station deep within Klingon space, maybe you're less worried. But this one is on the frontier. You think that one would have the nice scanners. These are the TSA agents of the Klingon Empire, man. No, these are supposed to be the fucking Border Patrol, though, not the TSA. They're still high on men. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. They, they were getting shit-faced. I mean, they're, they're confiscating all the contraband that comes across the border, and they're using it. <laughs> um, and also, how did they not stop her with that fucking horrible Klingon? I feel like with the fucking awful job she was doing and looking at their confused faces at the fucking translation that was coming across. Yeah. Like, how did, she, how did they even get through with that? I feel like they wouldn't. I like that it took Chekhov to just go, fuck it, just laugh. They're clearly laughing. Let's all laugh. Ah, ah, ah! <laughs> like a Thermian laugh. <laughs> Thermian? I don't remember. The the Thermian. Oh, oh my person. god! Yeah, sorry, I forgot for a second that Thermian. You are our only hope. That was um, terrible, I'm sorry. You need your help. So, <laughs> there is one aspect of like... I mean, I get the whole thing of, you know, these people sort of lived with this specific power structure in the galaxy for this long, are afraid to let it go. Like, I get that. That's fine. So I feel like this whole thing about, are we going to disassemble the Starfleet? Is unnecessary for two reasons. Not just because, like, that one guy says, we're still going to have the exploration thing. Mm -hmm. But two, just because the Klingons go away doesn't mean you don't still have enemies. Yeah, there's lots of baddies out there. There's still, you know, the Romulans, Mm -hmm. who even though they seem to be on decent-ish terms with the Federation right now, because they're just chilling out in the president's office, you're still, like... Like, what? Well, especially once the Klingons are in the mix. Isn't there going to be more problems, probably, with the Romulans? Uh, maybe. Well, yeah, the Romulans and the Klingons don't get along. Not at all. So I just mean, then you've got even more. Yeah. Right? I mean, the Romulans probably st- have the most to lose from this alliance between yeah. the Federation and the Klingons. So, if anything, another cool plot twist they could have thrown in there was to make Valeris a closet Romulan. Mm. Oh. Ooh. Um, yeah, because otherwise, I mean, you, it's easy to not realize that the Romulan ambassador was involved. Mm-hmm. Like, they mention his name and they point a phaser at him at the end, but I don't think it's really made plain that, like, oh, yeah, no, he was in on it, too, right along with Cartwright and a couple other people. This, is, this is where Savick, being half Vulcan, half Romulan, would have come into play if mm. Savick had been in this movie. Yeah. And if they had done it. Yeah, but they could have made Valeris a Romulan, like, and that could have been a reveal yeah. at the end. Why were all the fucking conspirators... Aliens, female, or the only black officer attending a Starfleet bigwigs meeting about how to hang out with the Klingons. Okay, well that's actually interesting because I don't know what version you guys watched, but we watched the Blu-ray. 
which apparently cuts all of the Colonel West. Yeah, we Did actually you have Colonel we, West in yours. What's so, a Colonel West? Yeah, no, oh, he was cut. He was cut in yours too. So because we, we we actually I actually was owned, he also black or an alien? Or no, no, he was Rene Arbazonois. So okay. there was um, we actually we own the DVD and that does have all the stuff on it. But we were watching it at a friend's and they were watching on Hulu and Hulu has all that stuff cut. Mm. Well, so you know every time I'd seen the movie on on home video. VHS, DVD, or anything like that, it always had these Colonel West scenes in it. So yeah. now to fill you you two in, especially on what Colonel West is, there's another conspirator that we see in the previous home video releases that was played by Rene Arbergenois, who plays Odo on DS9. Who's white. Who's white. Mm-hmm. And he plays... A, like a colonel in like a colonel in Starfleet. I didn't know that was a rank in Starfleet. Yeah. I guess it is now. They still have the Makos, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, so he plays a colonel. I think because it's supposed to be like a uh, Ollie North reference. So maybe. But at any at any rate, we first see him in a scene where they're trying to plan a rescue mission to get Kirk and McCoy. The rather uh, brilliantly named Operation Retrieve. Wait, was he on the Enterprise or no? No, in the president's office. But then the second time we see him is at the end, after the unsuccessful assassination, assassination, assassination attempt uh, of the president, and he get and Scotty shoots him and he falls out the window. They peel off a rubber mask off that assassin. Are you fucking kidding? And it's nope. And it's Colonel West. Stop. Which what the fuck? Good, which, I'm glad they cut this so, Scooby Doo bullshit. Because it's yeah, exactly, and, and like well, it he, was not in the theatrical release; it was only in the home video release. Yeah, and the re- and, and my theory on why it's not in the Blu-ray release because I like I say I don't even think it was in direct. Like it wasn't like a director's cut thing. Every home video release that I've ever seen had those scenes. So I was like, where are those scenes? Where's the rubber mask? And then I thought, well, maybe, and here's my theory, and maybe someone who knows more about Hollywood and stuff like that can tell me this, but here's my, my Get theory. Get tinfoil hats ready. Is that tinfoil the, hat when they made the transfer in the early 90s for home video, they included those scenes that had been cut. So they made a transfer. Like but, by mistake? Right. Well, you know, when you make a home video release, you scan the movie you know, the film of the movie. You scan it and then into, you know, a computer or whatever, and then you can create VHS cassettes or laser discs or, or DVDs or Blu-rays. But my guess is that that original scan of the film was probably low resolution. It was probably what they call 480p, which is DVD resolution and Blu-ray resolution. Uh, not Blu-ray, um, laser disc. Mm-hmm. Well, like VHS is, I think, 480i ah. interlaced. But at any rate, so it was a low, it was a low resolution... Uh, transfer. Sure. They're not words, so, Caitlin. Blu-ray, which has to be 1080p, which is HD, needed a new transfer. Mm. But the only source they would have available, perhaps, for that, you know, the only completed source they might have had for that was a film print. The theatrical. A content. theatrical film print in storage. Now, the other option, and what a lot of movies do, is they what they they wish you what they call a remaster so whenever you see her like remastering that means that they actually went to the film negatives Mm. out of the camera and recompiled the movie basically from scratch oh neat sometimes they even redo effect shots like or like in tng the tng has been remastered so although all of the 
So like a lot of the effect shots of like lasers and shit like that in the in TNG. Yeah, TOS was too, right? They um. Yeah, they redid, they remastered TOS. They did that for Netflix. So it's like super time consuming because they have to recut, basically recut everything together. Mm. So with movies, a lot of times they'll do a remaster and sell it if they think they can make a shitload of money. But my guess is that the Blu-ray that they released was not a remaster; it was just a scan of the theatrical film print, and that's why. That's why old Westy isn't included. Huh. Westy. Yeah, I, I remember mean, I was reading your because Jake wrote the, a great uh, piece for our Tumblr, which everyone should check out about the worst admirals in Starfleet. And I reread it recently because it included Admiral Cartwright from this movie. Yep. And there was a reference you made to Rubber Mask, and I remember reading this, looking to you and being like, "What Rubber Mask are you talking about?" And you're like, "Ah, that's because it's not in this yeah. version." Yeah. I mean, like, aside from the fact that the Rubber Mask is really stupid, and I'm it sounds glad they stupid. Cut it does sound really stupid. Um, but other, aside from that, I did kind of like the idea that Cisco's dad and Odo team up for it. That's uh, true. It's kind of fun. Because the guy that plays Cartwright later plays That's right. Ben Cisco's dad. I've seen enough. When we were in London last year, I yeah. like saw one of the few episodes I assume he shows up in. Is Cisco's dad in the show a lot? No, not, not much. He's in a few episodes. Yeah, I yeah, saw but he was in it. Like a half dozen episodes um, total. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing, too, is like the fact that Cartwright just bursts in to suggest Operation Retrieve. Mm. is all fine and good, but again, the Romulan ambassador hasn't left the room. The Romulans can be on oddly good terms with the Federation at this mm. point, with no explanation. It's, it's very bizarre. Regarding Operation Retrieve and, you know, Kirk managing to escape so that he can, you know, get beamed back to the Enterprise and blah de blah blah mm-hmm. well, all works out nicely for everybody except Iman. What the fuck was the plan to assassinate him in prison? The conspirators tell Iman... Her name is Marsha in the in the movie. I'll keep calling her Iman because it's great. Right. Get him outside so that we can kill him in a fake escape attempt. Except not really fake. Except but. not really fake. And also we'll kill you too because that's what you do. No witnesses. And somehow she's not onto that. What the fuck was that plan? Why not just keep him in prison? Well, and also it was obvious... Escape. <laughs> that he could have, that he was gonna get murdered by another inmate. She even said, "There's a reward out for your death." Yeah, they had to make it look like an accident. Yeah, so he was almost in a fight with the guy when he first got there who wanted his coat. Yep, Crandock or something. No, that's yeah. what that was like. Shut up. Yeah, Crandock. Anyway, um, so she was almost he was almost in a fight with Crandock who wanted his coat, <laughs> and then he was in a fight with Nenads. <laughs> also, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Having your genitals on your knees is unintuitive. And also having them fucking glow like the fucking weak point on an enemy in a video <laughs> game where you're supposed to shoot them. <laughs> also kind of dumb. But yeah, like he could have they could have just easily had him get killed in that fight. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to orchestrate this weird fake escape attempt. Although I do like that. They sort of subverted the whole, like, monologuing villain thing. Because yeah. he's about to <laughs> monologue, but then they beam him out. Good trope, that was That was actually kind of That's funny. Mm. You couldn't have got here a minute later? Like, why even let villain. him get to the point where he was beyond the, the beaming shield before yeah. he did that? Like, well, she could have just said to him, okay, we're beyond the beaming shield now. There was plenty. Like, what was he going to do, check? There's plenty of frontier, you know, where they could have grabbed them. Yeah. Although, like, filming on, wherever they filmed some glacier or whatever. Alaska. Was it Alaska? It was cool. It was a cool uh, vistas. Yeah. They're trudging through. It was beautiful. And it obviously was not the actual actors. No. Oh, yeah. No, you're not going to get Shatner out on a glacier. 
I don't know. Maybe he's maybe there's another mountain in Alaska I can make love to. <laughs> Last week they threw they threw him off El Capitan. So yeah, but that's probably because he wanted to do that. <laughs> So, this is sort of a minor thing, but it was something I noticed last night. I never thought of it before, but when the Excelsior is rushing to try to help the Enterprise at uh, Camp Kimmer, 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 they're racing over there, and, and Sulu's like, give it more speed, and some guy's like, it'll shake us apart. It's like, then let it shake us apart, or whatever. Yeah. Wasn't this the ship that was supposed to be the test bed for Transwarp Drive? How fast is Transwarp supposed to be? Faster than warp. Well, faster than so, a speeding bullet. Okay. Two, theory, two thoughts of that. So either A, Transwarp was not a success. No, that's true, but they hoped it would be. And they took it out and they replaced it with a regular warp drive. Or Transwarp was a success and they upgraded all of the ships in the fleet to have Transwarp drives. Either way, the Excelsior now is no faster than any other ship. Oh, and yeah, but... And I, you can not... easily fly her apart. That's what I mean, though. It's like if it was supposed to be the test bed for this hyper-fast thing, shouldn't it have not been easy to fly apart? That's my, my, my issue. Yeah. It just he's, seems weird. I, he's got to be going like super, super fast because he's like somewhere farther away than Kirk. Yeah. Trying to get to the same place at the same time Kirk gets there. And Kirk's getting there pretty quick. I mean, we know they're floating around Beta, beta Quadrant. Because they were near Praxis. Or near yeah. enough to Praxis. Yeah. And we know that Kittimer is near the Romulan border. Because uh, they say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he might have still been so He might have not been vicinity. too far away. And also why he knew the location of the peace talks. Sulu? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me either. And why did he? Like, it's so, they're super secret, but just some rando captain happens to know know what's going on. I have Sulu, though. Yeah, me too. I have a stupid question. Do we ever know what did happen to Praxis? Did they explain it and I just missed said. it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They did Overmining that. and like bad, bad safety, safety relations. Still, like, that's, a, that's some really bad mining. Yeah, OSHA would have a word with you. Like, <laughs> like, it's not like the building burned down or like somebody, like a box fell on somebody's head. No, an entire planet exploded. And it was totally not a painting on the Excelsior's yeah. screens. Yeah, that was a little... That was, that, that was not... Kind of shit. It was... Yeah, that was bad. So speaking of, of Camp Kenimer, we meet Worf's... What is this? His grandfather or some yeah, shit? Yeah, played which by Michael they, Dorn. Played by Michael Dorn and never established who the fuck he was because they still call him what... Colonel Worf. Colonel Worf. Colonel Worf. Everyone was a colonel. And I was... General. My first watch through, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I'm like, why the fuck is Worf here? This is very <laughs> confusing. I mean, his ridges were different. His, like, well, I, I knew I, it wasn't Worf. Well, if did you? you? I know his hair was You know Worf's ridges as well as I do. You can see. Well, a Klingon's case, ridges are like his fingerprints. Finger <laughs> Well, in that case, <laughs> in that case, you know, they could also make up him better so he doesn't just look like Michael Dorn. Well, uh, why they hired Michael Dorn? It's because defied... TNG was out, and people loved TNG. Yeah, but still, it was it felt like needless. Like, ooh, look, it's Michael Dorn. There was a lot of crossover, everything is connected. Though. But they also connected it because at the roughly the same time they had Spock go guest on TNG in whatever that episode was. Reunification. That sounds right. Specifically so that they could come out roughly at the same time and they could be like, look, it's crossover time. Mm. I really liked how during the scene when they're calling whoever to come record statements from the two dead guys. 
court reporter, that we just see lots of little different visuals of other people on the ship doing their job. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the cooks. We see the cooks, we see the guys saying the silverware, we see some guys like mopping or feeding the whales yeah. or whatever you do. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for the porters. Can you imagine like going through Starfleet or whatever and becoming the asshole? I, mean, I don't think he Well, that's the thing. They don't really establish this so much in this original series of the movies, but it does come become very clear later in Star Trek that there are enlisted members of Starfleet that aren't that like so Starfleet Academy is like West Point. Yeah. Um, it's like you're you're a like the people that go to Starfleet Academy are like the best of the best and they're the ones that become the command the commanders and the captains and except the ones who suck who sneak through anyway. Well, and right. Finney. And then you get people and like Finney. like Barclay. Oh my god, Finney. I wrote twice in my notes without even realizing that I had written it already. Finney's totally the sabotager, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's totally Finney, right? Um, in all caps. That's it's Finney, been right? Fucking Yep, there it is. Yeah. Can confirm. That would have so, been hilarious, actually. So the people that we see on the ship, the cooks, and probably like a lot of the schlubs in engineering and the porters and the the yeomen, possibly. You know, they're, they're basically just enlisted people that are like, I want to work in space, but I'm not very skilled and I don't have the brains to go to the academy. And so I I'll, don't have the money to go to the academy, probably, either. Yeah, I don't have the connections, mm. which is what that... Actually, what, yeah, how do you keep the... How do you keep people out of... Starfleet Academy, if money isn't a thing, well, with with tests, and there's actually a, there's a TNG episode where we see how fucking smart you have to be to go to the academy. Like, you have to be a fucking smart ass. So here's a question, or at least Kirk, who can make things. Or yeah, or Kirk, where you can, or Kirk with Kirk. See, that's that's a thing that pisses me off about the Kelvin movies to to no end. Is that in the Kelvin movies they imply that everybody in Starfleet goes to Starfleet Academy. Mm. Including the dum dums, like Buttercup there or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, cupcake. Cupcake. <laughs> and also, or is it Buttercup? You might be right. I can't remember. Either way, he's a dum dum. There's no way that guy got into Starfleet. And that also that like Kirk got, went to, got into Starfleet just by knowing Captain Pike. Just by I mean, being in a fight. Now, being fair though, have you heard of the Ivy League? Yeah, it's true. But yeah, maybe. But that's Go, Maybe go it's one of those things where, like, everyone is there for their first year, and if you're a dum dum, you get the boot. I don't know. And you just like get sent immediately to be enlisted and probably killed somehow. <laughs> Possibly, but either way, yeah. No, Kirk. Those Kirk porters and stuff. Like, they didn't go to college to be porters. They went to they like went to the recruitment office and like they were like, oh, you get to see crazy. Places. Being fair, the porters actually might have gone to like a school of hospitality because there's good yeah. money in that. I was say, I'm wondering if they have like specialized catering services. There's like special catering staff that is put on spaceships, starships. Actually, well, actually, yeah. You know, thinking on it now, you probably do have to train the cooks pretty carefully because if in theory they're serving a huge population that has all sorts of species on it. You actually might want your cooks to... Like, maybe not Lots all. of allergies. Know how to make that blue squid perfect. Yeah. Like, it's actually probably a real son of a bitch to be cooking staff on a Starfleet vessel. It's like, all right. What, what did the Ferengi eat? Right, like, wait, oh, which, beetles which, and shit? Oh. Which species gets killed by salt again? The slugmen? Right, fuck. Well, and also, like, it, it also brings into play a lot of different, like, probably, like, holidays and religions slugmen. and, like, I mean, I yeah. assume... You know, there are still restrictions on what people can yeah. and can't eat based on that sort of thing. And, yeah, no, being and a... again, allergies, like celiac, you know, yeah, probably. No, being a... I'd like to think we'd have that 
beat by the 24th, well, 3rd century. Well, we might, but the whole rest of the universe... That's true. You know, it's I mean, of, that, then again, there's still retinax allergies, so who knows? And there's also replicated food. Like, true. the fact that they are cooking makes me think that perhaps there is... Are they cooking or are they really plating right now, though? I mean, it looked like they were like... They had a big pot of oh, okay. mashed potatoes. They were that hilarious vaporizes Ooh. because somehow Chekhov... Oh, is that what it was supposed to be? Was mashed potatoes? It looked like mashed potatoes. Yeah, no, you're right. I just, like, when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is holding its shape so perfectly right now? Also, let's just Think shoot those something mashed potatoes in the middle... are a little too stiff. Yeah, let's just shoot something in the middle of a crowded kitchen is a good idea, you stupid Also, does that idiot. imply that if you shoot somebody with a phaser set, set, to, vaporize, set to vaporize, that only their clothes disappear? No, yeah, no, that's like, not why how that works. Why did the contents of the pot also Yeah, no, disappear? that doesn't actually make sense. Also, actually, now I'm really fucking nitpicking, but here we go. That's what this show is. Well, There's a very... Th- I mean, pots aren't the thickest things in the world, but those potatoes should have dropped a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. That's true. But here's... A, so, yeah, so perhaps, like, there is a mess hall where you can eat, you know, whatever they've cooked for the day, and that's just served. Yeah. And then... But there's also replicators, like, you can... Go yeah. and get yourself some food cubes. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, like if you need a snack during the day. It's like, uh, to go back to the cruise ship metaphors, you know, they, you can have dinner at six or eight, or you can eat any of the gobs of free food that the cruise ship has for you during the day. Yeah. Mm. So, Ames, you, I don't know if you came across this, but one thing I never thought of before in this most recent watch was the scene with, like, with the opening and the Excelsior added later. No, I don't think so. Why, the, the, the drink and tea scene? Yeah, because... There seemed... was originally an, a different opening. I'll say that. Okay, because... Want me to go into that? In a second, because here's the reason I was wondering. Because something that seemed really weird to me was that, like, you know, when they're all going into the big racist meeting at the opening, you know, and... Oh, you know, that opening. And Uhura's like, oh, I'm supposed to be at the Academy. Sky's like, I'm doing this. And McCoy's like, where the hell is Sulu? And it's like, and Kirk has to go, oh, Captain Sulu on assignment. And it's like... McCoy, how did you know your old shipmate hadn't... How did you not know he'd become a captain and has been doing it for years? Like, that seemed weird. That line always... Uh, He's getting old. That line seemed to only exist for... Incompetent! He looks damn good, though, Mm -hmm. That scruff? Yeah. Mm. That line seemed to exist only for the audience. Of course. To let us know where Sulu was, except we just had an opening scene that let us know where Sulu was. Well, that's why he's not at the meeting, though. Wait, that's the thing. So he probably knew he wasn't obviously still on the Enterprise. He just didn't know why he wasn't there. Now, what has the oh, Enterprise been doing for the past three years? Dick and Let around. me tell you about that. Oh, yes, good. Thank you. So there used to be a whole prologue to the movie that got cut for budgetary reasons and stuff. That was going to be, uh, you know, you tell Kirk we need to go do run this errand, basically. Corral your crew. And, and so just like person by person grabbing them from wherever they're at and showing what they've been up to for the past time. So let me tell you what they've all they're been up all to. all hiking at Yosemite. Kirk Eating has beans. been banging Carol Marcus because they're a thing again. Thought she was dead. No, David's dead. No, that was in an early draft we were reading about last night. Oh, okay. Carol Marcus was supposed to... There was, there was a draft where Carol Marcus had passed of on and... two? Of what? Of this. Of, of this. six. And that was also part of the reason he was so bent out of shape. Not just because of the whole David's death thing, but like, that wound has been reopened because now... David's mother is also passed. Oh, but it sort of makes sense that he'd be banging Carol Marcus, too, because he's trying to make up for... Lost time. And maybe try to pound another baby out of her, but I think it's probably too late for that. Far yeah, that's a little, so that's a little saying- late. Yeah, so McCoy was drunk at a benefit in his honor because he is not taking civilian life well again. Oh, poor uh, Uhura hosts a call-in show for <gasps> advice. I kind of love that. I mean, I hate it because no, it's I, stupid, but... I much prefer to think she's a... 
teacher at the academy. That is far more dignified. Uh, yeah, but there's probably been... great money in the call-in show. There's no money. Mm. I don't know. It's probably more fun than teaching. I don't know. Uh, Chekhov has been touring playing chess tournaments. Oh, because he's Russian. I love that. Was he going to be good at it? Because I kind of hope he was. I can't tell. I can't tell if he was supposed to be good at it or if he was trying to like just use the Russian technique or whatever it is. I love that. Th- I love that so much. I figured you were going to say, you know, cleaning floors. Oh, no. <laughs> Mopping somewhere. Sulu was a taxi driver. What? What? Okay. Wait. Wait. Why are the two people of color doing these bullshit jobs? Why is he a fucking cab driver? That would never happen. Well, maybe he's like so a space right cab now. driver. Maybe he's like, maybe not like literally like driving a cab around the streets like we think. Maybe he's like taking people to Mars because he's a navigator. Yeah. So far, Uhura and Sulu did much better in this version of the film. Yeah. I mean, when- and, and Scotty is still fairly in character because he's teaching at the academy, teaching engineering at the academy okay. and using the Klingon ship that they just dragged out of the bay to try to, <laughs> to try to like figure out what their cloaking device is and how to recreate well, it. Well, that sounds failing right. miserably. That sounds right for Scotty. Yeah. God damn it. Why did Uhura and Sulu get so fucked? Yeah, that's fucking dumb. That really makes me Also, happy. I mean, like, hey, let's reassemble the whole crew in a lengthy prologue. Motion picture much. And also, well, hey, Star let's... Trek five much, too. That too. Let's yeah. make really racist choices in a film about racism. Yeah, no, oh. I, I, I think we definitely went out with the brief opening on the Excelsior, and let's all just get in the meeting room. Fine. Yeah, so the only other stuff that I wanted to talk about is not at all related to this movie, but... <laughs> The movie that they were planning before they picked Undiscovered Country because Harv Bennett, as usual, got fucking hit in the face. He was planning, uh, as whatever the next movie after Five would be, to be a pre-Starfleet prequel with a young cast because young casts are cheaper and mm-hmm. because, you know, Shatner and everybody else is fucking expensive. I guess um, DeForest De- Kelly made like a million dollars on this movie so that he could retire nicely. <laughs> nice. Good for him. He's a sweetheart. Well, so there you go. Which is kind of hilarious based on like what big stars get paid today. You know, oh, yeah. I know there's inflation and stuff, but it's like a million dollars. Big these, fucking deal. With the exception of really Shatner, none of these people were, had much else going on. Spock did a lot. Nimoy. Yeah. Some acting, but also, like, other things. Yeah, they had to milk this for a while. And also, also DeForest Kelly had had, like, a, apparently a not very lucrative Western career. In the 50s, though. Like, not, like, what what have they done for us lately? Like, when's the thing, when's the last thing you saw, what's the last thing James Doohan did that wasn't Star Trek? Homeboys in Outer Space. Shit. Is that true? Yes. It was a science fiction parody series, which I may have mentioned on the air before. I don't remember. Or we just talked about it separately. He appeared as a barfly in the bar that the the, the, the main characters would hang out in. I can buy him something like that. He was basically in his, like, Star Trek's five and six costume with the vest. The the vest, And he was called called Pippin in that one. What are these... What's the last thing that they did that wasn't either Star Trek or 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 parody or related to Star Trek? Uh... Yeah. Well, right, but that's, you know, probably because they had been typecast, couldn't get other work, well, so yeah, really exactly. you have to milk that shit, because you're just like, no, I'm not, I'm not faulting any of them, I think, I think... Jake, why do you have a problem with these people having a good don't. livelihood? 
Why, Jake? Why? So the earlier movie. Yeah. So the things that would have been established in in the prequel with this, you know, younger cast was, you know, how they met in in the academy and how Kirk and and Spock got close because Spock was being picked on for being half Vulcan and Kirk came to his aid or whatever else. It would have been established that Kirk's father had gone missing during a warp experiment with Scott, and Scott felt like responsible and that would have been interesting but paramount i guess either hadn't realized that they were what they had commissioned was a prequel movie without the original cast (laughs) uh and therefore you know their cash cow was you know gonna be a worrisome event they said no 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 we want one with the original cast and we want it in 11 months for the 25th anniversary can you do that harv and harv said no i quit that's impossible that's actually impossible what the fuck is wrong with you? And, and he walked and was and never worked on the on the series again. So they dragged in Nimoy to write this thing, and Nimoy wrote this thing with Nicholas Meyer. Some other writers came in and got credit for some stuff, even though they did nearly nothing. Yeah, there was like four or five writers in the credits. I yeah, most that. of them did nothing, and they went to a gigantic legal nonsense. The fun story is Koenig wrote a story outline that didn't go anywhere, oh. but. It would have been that the Enterprise crew members, except for Spock and McCoy, all get killed at the end. So that would have been fun. Yeah, but Gene, I guess Gene, um, I don't know if Gene went with the with the new movie or what, but he also died two days after it was screened. He yeah. apparently didn't like it. Yeah, I was going to say, and after having a fight with Nicholas Myers about it. Probably, yeah. They no, yeah, I feel like we read about that. Yeah. Thank goodness they didn't do that, because I, I really it would be depressing if the last outing for the but they still real would have cast... done they still would have done another afterwards. Oh, with have? the real oh, okay. ca- with the original cast. Because yeah, ending on Star Trek Five would have been terrible. No, be like ending on Nemesis. Yeah, mm. I haven't seen Nemesis, so I have no <laughs> idea. Great. Now here's uh, here's the thing that I was wondering about this movie is why was so. I know we talked about, um, so why was Nichelle Nichols' character replaced in this movie? Like, we're used to Nichelle Nichols playing Uhura, obviously from the show and the other films. But in this movie, she played a new character, Uhuru. <laughs> <laughs> it's Uhura's how? twin sister. How have they I mean, it does not... explain why she didn't know how to use the fucking translator <laughs> Yeah, why properly. she didn't know fucking How have on. they not fixed that in any of the subsequent releases? You could probably do it in two seconds in Photoshop. I could probably get a high schooler to do it in Photoshop for fucking exposure. Because he's too young to realize that's not how you pay someone How does that get in. past anybody... Period. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed when the when the cast of credits was going by. I'm like, oh, they misspelled Uhura's name. Yeah, so if in case you're wondering what we're talking about, in the f- closing credits to the movie, Uhura is misspelled. As Uhuru. U-H-U-R-U. Were they confused because she was directly above Sulu? Like, I don't... be great if it was Uhuru and Sula. Nice. Oh, Sula. I like it. Sulu did get his first name in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mentioned that in his uh, captain's log, I think. Yep, yep. Thank for him. I just love him. He's such a delight throughout. I don't have anything important to say about it. I just love. George. He did. He did finally get the Excelsior. Yeah. And I love George Takei so much. Was he the one when they're at the end of four that said, "I hope it's the Excelsior"? Yep. Good for him. Yep. Now, speaking of Uhuru, <laughs> this is the last. In terms of, this is the last. This will be the last time that we will see. Nichelle Nichols in Star Trek. Yeah. This is her last appearance. This is also the last chronological, in terms of production order, appearance of DeForest Kelly. Yep. Although we will see him 
next week in two weeks. Two weeks. We're doing Galaxy oh, that's Quest right. next week. Yes, we're doing we're doing Galaxy Quest, which we're looking Spoilers. forward to watching and talking about. We'll be watching Galaxy Quest next week and talking about. <laughs> You're the fucking worst. Um, <laughs> I just snorted. You did. Maybe really I should hard. explain that joke, but it won't make sense because they won't have heard the joke yet. So I don't have to explain the joke. Time is very wibbly yeah, wobbly here. Exactly. Oh, God, no. We have, we have Matt Smith time in our recording <laughs> schedule. No, no, let's be fair. Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffatted. We've met poor innocent Matt Smith out of it. But at any rate, uh, so this is the last time we're going to see Nichelle Nichols, although I did was reading that she was cons- they considered bringing Nichelle, not Uhura, but Nichelle in as Guinan's mother on oh, TNG. Oh, that would have huh. been interesting. But, that, but, Ga- like, but uh, she, they were going to have her mother appear and have it be played by Nichelle, but that never happened. That would have been awesome. They should have done that. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, but I think it would have been weird Did they to have... Did they get Barrett instead? <laughs> no. She, we never see her mother. But I just think it would have been weird to have a main cast yeah. actor appear as a different character. Like Worf. <laughs> like Yeoman yeah, Rand. Well, that's true. Yeah, um, they, like, they would have just like, you know, like they probably would have had a terrible scene where Data was like, has anyone ever told you you resemble someone mm. or something? I mean, I can't. But um, I remember every fact I, whatever, come across, whatever the fuck he says. So yeah, when we see, um, when we see DeForest Kelly next will be, next and last will be Encounter at Farpoint. But everybody don't, else don't, in the main don't cast... Don't bum us out, Jake. This was a else, good movie. It was a good movie. It was a good send-off to this crew. And in fact, I wish it had been the last time we saw all of them. Except for maybe Nimoy. So, Nimoy's falling appearance, I think, was pretty good. In TNG? In TNG. I could still do without fucking Kelvin Timeline. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, that's that's a good point. I think... Uh, and I think Takei's next and I believe mm. final appearance is worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I don't know the reference. It's from Voyager. But, like, I really didn't need the Scotty episode of, of Next Gen, and I certainly didn't need the appearances of the cast in Generations, because fuck yeah. that movie. is garbage. Is it garbage? Garbage. But, good. at the very least, for our last assembled outing of the original cast, I think it was a very good note to go out on. Yeah, it was a good send-off, the final line, you know, second star to the right, get, get a little misty-eyed into that Aww. one. Yeah, it was definitely... I got a little weepy. Yeah, no, I I have now Good finally ending. seen all of the original Star Trek. Yeah, all the adventures Even of the crew of, yeah. the, of the Starship Enterprise. So it's a fucking huge milestone for us as uh, as as a podcast. It's true. Yeah. One down. We'll all one put our uh, signatures no on the where no Facebook. one has gone before. Yeah, about damn time, Kirk. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So long, original crew. Goodbye. Farewell to the Constitution class. Those uh, uniforms. I think we see some wreckage of Constitution class. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> this has been episode 55 Ooh. of A Star to Steer Her By. Thank you very much for joining us. Do please find and like our Facebook page, A Star to Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. Please consider subscribing to us on your favorite podcasting application. And if you have or use iTunes, please consider giving us a rating or a review. What, what do you mean, have or use iTunes? Well, some people, like, I mean, I have it, but I don't really use it. Well, if you have it, give us the fucking review. That's a good point. Just, if you don't have it, get it and give us the review. And then delete it, because it's a CPU. Drive. I don't think you but even you know, have, the, I think you can just do it on the, the internet. You don't even have to buy it don't, don't, download it, do you? Give us an honest fucking review, people. Don't give us, I you know, I, I hate this about 
people that are like, oh, go to iTunes. Other, other podcasts do this. I don't want us to do this. Other okay. podcasts, go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. No, fuck you. Don't give us a five-star review. If we earned it, if we did five-star work, give us a five-star review. If we did three-star work, give us a one-star review. Because we're five fucking stars, and if we're not, we're shit. What just happened? Jake has <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> but seriously, no, please review us. Honestly. And come on Facebook too and tell us shit. Send us your send us we should do a listener mail segment. That would be awesome. Send yeah. us send us your thoughts and we'll read them aloud and tell you why you're wrong. I would and actually things, love to have that. And things for Caitlin to say in a Russian accent. Yes. Yeah, at the end of every episode. God. Guys, I had breakfast like Ten hours ago. Can we go eat? I'm trying. I tried to suggest food like three hours ago. Ah! Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to tip your human. So it was totally finny, right? And this is always Jake. <laughs> Wait, did I not? God damn it. Because you people. That's All right. fu- what do you mean, you people? We're, I think we're done. Yeah, we're done. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye. <laughs>